Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Shirt All right! Episode 144 of Shirt Show! We're talking with John from Black Dog Printing in Indiana. Yo. Yo. What's cooking, good looking? Hey, I like your quarter zip? Yeah. Hmm. What kind is that? It's a hefty Carhartt hoodie. It's a real worker. Facts. Hmm. Um, did you, is that like from Sanmar? Did you get it at Carhartt store? Yeah, Sanmar. I ain't buying that shit full price. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I mean, made of money over here. So, uh, it's flowing like wine here. What's it like upstate? Uh, molasses. <laughs> flowing like, uh, flowing like maple syrup on a cold day. I love maple syrup though. So mm. I don't know. Maybe trees are tapped. It. Trees are tapped up here. It's just <laughs> not warm enough yet. Well, you're almost in Canada. I mean, yeah. I get it. A lot of syrup. Mm. Well, that sucks. I thought for sure. Like. It's a little better. It's it's like a slow. That's what I mean. It's like a, it's like a maple syrup on a cold day. It's like coming in, but it's it's not like I got hit with it. Mm. It's like I sat there with my mouth open for a while, just waiting for it to come down. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, check check. By the way, shit. Did, did she say that to you? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Hey, uh, curious, did you receive your top secret beta? I did. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. are you, because I haven't. Still in the box. Okay, well, we opened it and it has a plug, but we don't have the right power yet. Mm-hmm. Like to the press. Mm-hmm. We have power to the press for like plugging shit in, but this is a 220. Mm-hmm. And it's different, like out. It's a different fitting than like our hothead was, and all that kind of shit. So, yeah, um, gonna work on that. I have to get Bobby is my electrician, my go-to. Mm-hmm. And I called him, and he's like, "Can't make oh. it there this week." <laughs> yeah. Like shit. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, yeah we're it's... excited. Like, I want to see. I don't think it's ever been used on plastisol. So who knows? Like maybe it doesn't work. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. What what else is new? I'm gonna look around here and see if I spot anything. Um, <laughs> spot anything <laughs> new, real quick. Right. Um, I don't know. I think that. What else is new? So we sold our Speedy T. You know, I put it up. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how I. Did they pick it up or did you ship it? We shipped it yesterday um you should have seen like the end result you know what it's like creating stuff just on our own it's a fucking you know, nightmare it's, it's a nightmare but it's mm. it was ugly like at first it started out like the ugliest creating job you've ever seen mm-hmm. but very functional like it was going to do the job like you you're like you saw it and you're like man that thing's fucking created mm-hmm. but it didn't look pretty <laughs> um until the end because we went to harbor freight bought moving blankets you know Mm-hmm. like seven dollars or whatever it is and wrapped the whole thing 
and moving blankets and then pallet wrapped the plat you want the plastic you know mm -hmm. like a hundred times and that shit is like you know what's funny is like i fucking hate selling you stuff because of that because of like i sold the dryer once i've told the story i sold the dryer once and the fucking fedex annihilated it like they dropped it off the truck mm -hmm. crushed it everything and it's mm -hmm. like the last like two times i've sold something I don't know, kind of small. So if you're going to buy something from me, if you're listening to this, don't just pick <laughs> don't it up. Do it. Don't do it. <laughs> just don't. Because um, I just fucking like put it on a pallet and I'll go buy ratchet straps and I'll just ratchet strap it to the pallet did. and call it good. So that's what we did. We ratchet strapped it, but we also put boards because it's on casters and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of put boards so that it can't move. It's like it's on there really, really good. Yeah. Um, he's going to be really, when it shows up, he, he's his, like, it's mind's going to be blown yeah. on how good it's, it's like, uh, it's crazy. like our good friend, Nikki, uh, yeah. is, is buying my old air compressor. So like that, I don't want to fuck around with it. I told her straight up, like, you know, I would love <laughs> it if you picked this up, but I will ship it because it's you or whatever. So I had my dad like custom make a two by six heavy duty as fuck like pallet to put it on. Oh God. So like I put it on the pallet and we like lagged it down and it's like it's solid. Like there should be no issues with this fucking thing. Only thing is it weighs like seven it, trillion pounds. Exactly. <laughs> it's so heavy. And it was the biggest nightmare to get on the pallet because I don't have a forklift. So like literally we jacked it up with a pallet jack in the middle, got it up just enough to get one side of it on the pallet. And the pallet, we had to put a piece of three quarter plywood down so that we could slide it on the pallet. So we ratchet strapped one end of the pallet to the air compressor and then just cranked little by little, pulling the air compressor onto the pallet. Wow, that's a good idea. It fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's on there. It's it's ready to go for the most part. So I need to like contact somebody to come put it in a truck. I remember selling you like a dozen pallets. To I nine. packed it. I, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold on. I packed it beautifully. Mm -hmm. uh, we could have shipped it around the world a hundred times. But for whatever reason, you got nine. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, yeah. and I don't think I ever refunded you the money. That's <laughs> it's cool. I, I got full payment, you know, which was sweet. Good like for I, me. I, I paid you, got nine in. Mm. called you and was like, hey, what the hell? How come mm. I only got nine? And you're like, not my fucking problem. Hung up on me. <laughs> That's right. And then That's I right. called action and ordered three more pallets. Well, when you buy stuff from us, that's that's our policy. You don't right. if it doesn't show up, you get what you get. Fucking problem. It says you get what you get. Don't throw a fit at the bottom yeah. of every invoice. Ooh, I like Andy. that. Yeah, that's catchy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what else. Like what else? Is, what's new up there? Uh, not a whole lot really shop wise, but we did a, uh, I had, I was out sick last week for two days with a fever. And then I think I called you during my fever, like in bed naked. Mm, that you, you had a meeting with Christina. Oh, that was a yeah. FaceTime. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I can't make this shit. I'm, I'm going to die. And then, um, this week, well, yesterday I took the crew my key guys, uh, we went to Pennsylvania and we went and visited Ron and saw his like upgrades. Yeah, he has which, a new add-on, like a yeah, an which was super fucking funny story. Like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna botch it because the way Ron tells it is hilarious, mm -hmm. but like 
Ron's like me, where like his building is right next door to like the town office, you know, like their like the city hall, like the city hall hub thing Mm. for his town. And uh, the code enforcers there, like that's where his (laughs) place is. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing for me, literally right next door is the town office with the code guy. And uh, Ron said that he had the concrete company come to like pour the pad for the thing. And the code guy saw the truck coming in and was like, what the hell? And like came over and said to Ron, like, hey, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? And he was just like, oh, I just need to like pour a pad here because it's wet. And, you know, we have like, I have to keep putting tents up for like stuff and I needed like a thing. So like, all right, whatever, you know, like I need you to at least like fill out a form for, you know, code, whatever. So Ron fills it out. He says he does like a quick sketch of the what he might put up. He he said, like, I might put up like a like a a, a car bay thing to just like keep shit out of the rain or whatever. And I guess he like sketched up this quick, like this is where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Paid his 50 bucks, whatever. And like literally two days later, a fucking steel building gets built and bolted to the ground. And like the best part about it was is the guy came back over and was like, what the hell you said it was like on order and you might like ha- you might put up a building <laughs> mm-hmm. and the best part was it it was custom painted to match ron's logos right. i saw that <laughs> like and blue and black and ron told the guy that he like may be able to get one if they have one in stock and the guy mm-hmm. came over he's like it's fucking custom painted like obviously <laughs> you ordered this already mm-hmm. and uh, he got away with it which was it was just super funny but yeah, he's got, uh, he also has one of those new color reels, those embroidery machines. Oh, that yeah. the thread. Every time I go in there, he's got like three new pieces of equipment. It's insane. I love that. He's growing like a motherfucker. Yeah, we don't have any new equipment, although our, um, our shuttle presses shipped uh from china on the 17th yeah. i don't know how long it takes is it does it is like a three-week thing or did you do air or ground or air or sea oh my god i have no idea you could do air that seems expensive air was more expensive sea takes like it took like two months for me to get mine no don't tell me that yeah it took a while i didn't know there was a choice like i didn't put on there yeah. i think um, air is like a week and then like sea is like three to hmm. four weeks or something Okay. Well, I can wait three or four weeks. Yeah. It's almost see. that. Yeah. Happy March, by the way. It should give you a tracking number. Yeah, I know. Fucking March already. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also went to see Cold Cuts in, almost to Philly. What's um, that? I don't know. He's in, he's in their shop. Are. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. Cold Cuts merch. They do a lot of band stuff. They do um, a lot of like merch stores and it's a lot of like hardcore music and uh, stuff like that. But he's he's been a buddy and his shop is super awesome mm-hmm. uh a lot like ours vibe wise um but it was cool to see like his place and the organization of all the fulfillment stuff and what they do and we reminisced about band days and stuff because we've seen them play and uh he's in a hardcore band and stuff so it was cool to just hang out for the day and went to uh like a late lunch dinner thing at like a local hole in the wall place super awesome and you ordered cold cuts for I ordered a, I ordered a Philly and fry and cheese fries and pierogies. Mm. Sounds delicious. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was delicious. And then uh yeah, we drove three hours home. So it was a good it was a good day. Nice field trip. Mm-hmm. We need to do something like that. We've never done it. Like not one time have we 
like as a shop production wise, mm-hmm. you know, went to a different shop. It's really cool because like me and you have a perspective because we've done, mm-hmm. we do it all the time. Like we visit shops, but taking your crew who just is in your shop doing the things in your place all the time and then mm-hmm. never get the perspective of like how some other place does it. And then you take them there and like they take nuggets from every place and they're like, you know, they're like, they see something and they're inspired or they're like, oh, I want to put that into place or, you know, I want to do this or that. Or they're just like, you know, oh, I'm really appreciative of our place. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, our place is, you know, whatever. So like it just gives them like, I'm really proud of what I'm doing feeling. So Mm -hmm. I think that alone is worth it. You know, like, yeah, yesterday is me and my buddies dicking around, but it's also like really good for work. Like it's, you know, you get stuff out of it for sure. Yeah. Perspective is, is great. Yeah. And plus you're like in the car with your three top managers for six hours, you're talking over things, you know, like it was basically like a six hour meeting of like, what can we do to improve? What can we do to do this? And I know, it's just a good time. I, I recommend it if you guys can go somewhere. Like, I don't know who's near you where you guys could just go on a day trip. There's a lot of shops, but I would say most likely m- most of the St. Louis shops don't want you then there. You know, it's like, yeah. a, uh, especially maybe like I could as just one person, but if you're bringing like a team in, they'd be like, what the fuck? You like know? studying you basically. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think we would have to go outside of our, 50 mile radius or something, you know, like, yeah. like you did, you know, when you went to basically Philly, right. Cause that's yeah. a three hour drive. And so, yeah. then I think it's fine because, you know, you're not really, yeah, I'm not going to somebody territory. in my backyard. Yeah. Yeah. So which is funny because like my SNS rep was here the other day and we were bullshitting and it's funny, like the difference between SNS and Broder, like Broder will show up and she's a, a great lady. Like there's no, nothing against her at all, but like, she shows up with like stacks of catalogs. She has like a, a rolling rack she brings in the building with like all the fucking samples on it. And then SNS dude just literally walks into my office and sits on my couch and like puts his feet up and he's like, what's up, dude? Like, you know what I mean? And I appreciate the SNS guy. Like just walking in and is like, what do you need? You know, I'm here to help. He doesn't come in and like check out all these new items. And like, it's just like, he knows already that I don't give a fuck. He's just like, <laughs> what do you want to do? And I'm like, all right. But we were talking about that because I was asking him, I'm like, where else are you going today? And he was like, this place, this place. I was like, I didn't even know that place existed. Mm-hmm. You know, this place, I don't think they would let me in the door and whatever. It's just kind of like, I think you're right though. Like that, like 25 to 50 mile radius around you. Like, I don't know how inviting they would be to let me in. I think most, most here wouldn't. You know, I would, I mean, I'm, would be the same way if, if a shop owner comes by cool, but if the, he brings his team, it's, it just feels weird. And they got like you know? notepads and shit. <laughs> yeah. Taking pictures. Right. <laughs> um, but if you're from out of state or something, then by all means, yeah. Stop on by. Let's hang out. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it all starts with a screen and whether it is new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best. To find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com, F-F-F-F-F. Rank.com. Or. Greatfuckingscreens.com. Cleaning screens is no fun, but EasyWay makes it funner. Their line of eco-friendly chemicals will make reclaiming screens a whole lot easier. Check them out at easyway.com. EasyWay. It's the easiest way.
I don't know why I did that, but it just felt right. <laughs> you want me to do one of these? <laughs> Sick, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, if your art department could use some love, then you need to go to 1900hotstuff.com and get in touch with Nick or Lucas. Nick or Lucas. At GraphX Source and make them your source for production ready. Sauce. Yeah, well, that's it. Just They're your source for sourcey sauce. Yeah, and if you need some art, then maybe get some art. Yeah, on the but, side. <laughs> choosing the right emulsion for your shop is complicated, and that's why we love Chromaline. Go to chromaline.com to watch Kev's vids or contact him on IG. That stands for Instagram. <laughs> at, the, at, at the emulsion. Uh, at the emulsion. I got you. At the emulsion guru. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. And yeah. get the answers you need. Mm -hmm. that was if he's not too busy being on vacation with his family, which seems to be like every other week. He must be uh, Facebook friends with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He does. I'll give it to him. You know, he 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 loves his family and he loves he traveling. He works hard, but he lives harder. He parties hard with his family. Yeah. And by party, you mean go to like Disney World or yes. something? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, look, there's a pretty radical change going on in our industry right now with those high color count, low quantity orders. Shops are, are switching to a DTF screen print transfer solution, and you need a partner that can get you quality transfers fast. Yes. Howard Custom Transfers has 20 plus years of experience. They offer same day service for single color transfers, and they're amazing people. Oh, yeah, they are. Go check out Howard Custom Transfer at howardct.com. Order a free sample pack and see for yourself. Hell yeah. Great that was sample. long, but I think I, I did it. We I'm got it all like... in there. There's too much. Like, in all honesty, there's too much to mm. list for them. There's just so we much could, offerings. We, we could just talk do a whole day. episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need to. We need to do an episode on them. Um, we wrote that together, though. And it was a hybrid of both of our things. And it just, yeah. Mostly you though. No. I, I put most of yours in there. Um, that's what she, she said. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't put any of this. Cause we're talking about Howard and they're new, you know, and they we don't would love scare it. Them. They would they, love it. That's the best we, part. That is the best fucking part is no. that they are like us. They would, they would laugh. Mm -hmm. They would get it. Okay. That's why we fucking picked them. All right. Well, today we're chatting with John. I don't want to say his last name. Can you say it? I don't even know what it is. Okay. How would you pronounce <laughs> this? Ready? B-O-T-T-O-R-F-F. B-O-T-T-O-F-F? B-O-T-T-O-R-F-F. Botorf, Botorf, sure. I know everybody in the industry by their first name and their shop name. So John, yeah, literally people in my phone, it would be John Black Dog. Mm -hmm. That's how like, it would be for me too. Yeah, I don't know. Hundred percent. Your last name. I know name some people's. Matter. Yeah, I know some people's last name. Um, definitely, but like you just said, in my in my phone, usually it's first name and then the shop. 
to it's all you get. So let's just do this. Yeah, today we're chatting with John Black Dog Printing. Right. Like that's his last name. Yeah. Okay. It's a great last name. Yeah. And he's from Indiana. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Yo, what's up? Not much. How are you doing? It's early. <laughs> do you have like a spotlight on you? It's like I can't even see your face. It's just whited out. Everything here sucks. <laughs> this is just a terrible, terrible place. Let me see. Um, That's yeah, pretty good. Did it. I've been fucking with this thing for like <laughs> an hour. I dropped my kid off at 830 and come in here and drink coffee in the dark. <laughs> is that your normal same thing? <laughs> Yeah, like that's that's your routine, and so you. Uh, drop... Yeah, it's e emails and black coffee for like the first two hours. They're just like turning everything off and getting ready. Yeah, I do the same thing. I I take my kids to school at like seven fifteen, and then uh, I either go for a walk if it's nice, or I'll come here and I'll just have like silence before employees get here. Or I can just like yeah. do whatever I want, watch YouTube, have breakfast, whatever. It's just yeah, yeah. Oh, I also in my Xbox, I have another one upstairs. So <laughs> if there's a campaign or anything going on, I can just go do that. Knock it out. Isn't it so cool the difference between your shop when like everyone's here and all you know, like we're printing shirts and embroideries happening, you know, like the whole thing, all those noises. The difference between like that and then when you're there by yourself and it's all quiet, it's so different, you know, like it's, uh, yeah, I like I, both, you know, but it's, I, it's always point. funny when people come in and like, it's busy and there's just insanity happening and everything's moving all at once. And they're like, this place is nuts, man. I was here like at 10 of the clock, dropping off mail or something. Like our mailman takes his break here. He's like, what, what happened? I'm like, this, this is, this is pretty good. And this is normal. Is what we want your mailman eats lunch there yeah yeah he's just this big metalhead and uh <laughs> he's he's pretty rad he just comes in and he's like man i found these bands man check them out and i'll put them on spotify i'll add them to our shop list that's awesome um so what's going on there what's uh you you got work today or are you kind of chill with the uh, stuff right now like we're slow as shit so uh, yeah no it's it's been slow but uh we have a rush job to do today for a college. Nice. Yeah, I know. They charge them like 600 bucks for 30 shirts. So <laughs> we're pretty stoked. <laughs> pretty stoked. We needed it. Yeah. yeah. We get, we've been getting a couple of those where people are like, can you fit this in? Can you get it done? And I'm like, I could do that tomorrow. Like, I, uh, it's okay. Like, it's, and then you feel weird. Like, they're, they're like, should we charge a rush for this? And I'm like, I mean, normally, yeah, but right now we could just do it because we can do it. Like, don't worry about it. But a college has money. Yeah. You, you shouldn't feel bad about taking their money. <laughs> no, and we work with them a lot. And all the guys that, like, place the orders and handle the money for it, they're like, charge us as much as you want. Like, it's not my money. I don't care. And they waste <laughs> it anyways. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. Okay, sounds good. I wish every customer would uh, like that. This, I know that they're pretty good, except uh, it, it's Earlham College and uh, it's this Quaker college. They're like really fantastic on everything. They have no graphic design department at their school. Hmm. So the majority of time we get like a hand-drawn piece of paper that we have to scan with a printer and then redraw. It's fantastic. 
And then you charge them for the artwork. Yeah, uh, we will. I, I mean, if it's easy now, yeah. if it takes five minutes, who cares? But yeah. So you kind of seem like you have an interesting story with uh, what you got going on there. How did you get, how did you get involved? Like, how did you get into having the printing or is the, uh, the building and the tattoo shop, is that all involved with you too? Or is that like, yeah. you guys just went in on it together? Uh, the printing is me and then the tattoos, that's my wife. Oh, really? I'm sorry. My kid gave me like some weird bug. Like every week, it just, I just got over it. So it's awesome. Uh, I started printing maybe 17 years ago. Uh, I was at IU Bloomington and I started at the very bottom for minimum wage at like a busy, like uh, we had four autos, one manual. And I started in reclaim for minimum wage and just worked my ass off and just walked around and asked a ton of really dumb questions until they got annoyed with me. <laughs> Did you know then that you wanted to do your own thing at some point or were you just doing that just because oh, you yeah. wanted to get more involved? So I absolutely wanted to do my own thing. I mean, honestly, I'm a terrible employee and working for other people suck. You know, like it's not always fun. Uh, I mean, like this is, this is one of those places that like, <laughs> If you if you stop for like three minutes to go over and ask another printer like, yo, man, did you watch this on TV last night? That was nuts. You were reprimanded. And it was like, this is not fun. This is not a good environment. Nobody's having any fun. It's not enjoyable to be here. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't want that. I was like, I, I bet I could do this and I could do it better. And they're paying me minimum wage to reclaim screens. And they're driving, you know, brand new Lexuses that like Lexus SUVs. I don't know. I, know. I just seemed a lot of unfairness of it. And I was just like, I could do this better and I could treat these people better. We, um, I think it was in our, um, our text group that somebody brought up that, um, that new thing that I, I think it's Printavo and rock. They are, they're going to have the I metrics. Yeah. So you can track your press and get metrics from it and, you know, um, pull data. And I was thinking to myself, and there was like a, a bunch of people talking about it. And so, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you know your your press was spinning and how fast, like what were your total impression count for the hour or the day, or is it stopped and that kind of stuff. And honestly, I guess it would be, you know, like the the Andrew, we talked about this once before, the Andrew side of me that wants data and wants to say, oh, we should be always printing, you know, if, they're, if the press isn't spinning, then that's absolute failure. Um, on the flip side of that though, it's not a very chill day. Just like you said, if you're going to stop and if sometimes you need a break and you want to just chat about something and before you get back into it, you know, um, just like a boxer needs to sit down for a second and catch his breath or her breath. Why, yeah. why is, does it ruin it? You know, like are, if, but tracking data, is that going to just ruin shops, ruin the, at least the culture <laughs> and the vibe of a small business? You know I guess I mean? it depends on who's sitting behind all the data and running it. You know, yeah. I, a lot of that, you need that data at some point. You want to know it, but you also don't have to run a sweatshop. Yeah. I feel like it's a powerful tool to see how you can improve things, if things can be improved, but it shouldn't go against company vibe, company culture, whatever. I don't think you should change things. Like if 
if people are hardworking and happy and whatever, you shouldn't come in with a metric and be like, well, you know, it says here that due to my math and data, we could pump out five more jobs today than what you're normally doing. Then like there's something else is wrong. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily like the press or whatever. Like, are they talking too much? Are they doing this or that? But I feel like you still need that happy medium because your employees are just as important, I feel like, as the press, if not more important, because they're the ones that do the shit. So, like, you have to account yeah. their sanity and their happiness in to a degree, too. Like, you can't just be like, run this fucking thing. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like but we have high fun. school, like, interns that we bring in for, like, reclaim that, like, uh, we work with a lot of the schools and whatnot. And uh, a teacher will hit us up and be like, I got this really weird kid, totally into art. I think you guys would love him. And uh, they would come in like uh, we had one. She just went to Purdue for graphic design and uh, she was fantastic. And we, we kind of had to get on her and be like, yo, dude, we all love hanging out. But there's like 50 screens that like we need tomorrow. And you got to wash them. I mean, like sometimes, you know, you have to be a boss, but yeah. at the same time, I, I tell everybody and everybody knows, like everybody here, we've known each other for a long time and they're adults. They're given tasks, they're given jobs and they know what they need to do. They know what needs to be done. I don't have to stay on top of them. They're autonomous to, in a, to a certain extent. Like you said, they're mature and they understand the, that yeah. there's work that needs to be done. And I you would fear think so anyway, well, normally, <laughs> yeah. you know, like if you're, I think that if your whole team understands the direction you're going and the importance, the urgency of getting orders done and when somebody's slacking, I, I think that they all, they kind of understand that. And my fear is that if you, if you get that data and you're not careful with it, then I think that you may do exactly what happened to you. I think that you, there could be burnout and people are like, look, I can't even like take a break to go, you know, chit chat for a second because part of working here is socializing. I mean, that's, I want that to be, I want it to be yeah. part of it, you know, because that's how, that's how we share ideas. That's how art gets passed around. That's how for like, sure. we walk around with like, you know, our procreate tablets and like show each other, like, yo, look at this. This is stupid. Mm. It's like, that's pretty good. My <laughs> argument would be that you would be more productive if you just like, chill a little bit and understand that there's, you know, that there's times that there's going to be some downtime. That's all. And as long as, you know, it's not, I guess, abused or negligent, then, then whatever. So I, I don't know. You guys have way bigger shops than I do or anything. And I, I mean, I don't hire people off the street. I never have. So it's, it's probably different for you as, you know, for me. Like, what do you mean? I know you these hire people. family or? No. Oh. Uh, I, like, who runs our front desk and everything like that and we've just we've known her forever and she worked at a she has a, more degrees than all of us here put together for all this like business admin stuff and she was working for a, a vet and she was like i don't want to do kitten abortions anymore i hate it and i'm like okay she's like so now she's here and uh, she did two years of a tattoo apprenticeship and now she also tattoos uh when we're slow so it's, i don't know everybody everybody works yeah. I think in different areas, I think it's like a, a weird in between between like you and Andy and other people where I'm at is because 
over the last, I mean, people who listen to the show know, like for a little while, I've kind of been implementing more management and kind of trying to put more quote unquote professional things in place of like employee handbooks and like more stern rules of like this manager is in charge of you. Like for a while, everybody was kind of in charge of their own thing. And I, I, I had that mentality of like, you're an adult, you should know, like, this is what you're paid for. This is your task. But that's yeah. why I said, like, you're supposed to be because in reality, they're not like they they get greedy or they get drama or they get whatever. And then they feel like they have to, you know, just be pissy about other people doing things. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even their job at all, but they see somebody else doing something and they're like, I work 10 times harder than that person. And why aren't they doing yeah. this? And it's just like, yeah, we had that. It gets toxic and it gets to be a thing. And it's like one of the discussions we had in the car yesterday going to visit shops was, you know, it sucks. We've known these people and whatever, but if we're going to come up with these things to make the shop better for the future and the things that we're changing are better for everybody, if somebody's going to be like a bad egg about it, like we kind of need to talk to them and be like, hey, this is what we're doing going forward. And like, you're either on board or you're not. Yeah. Like if you're uh, not, we, we have like, a, sorry, a really, but... I totally agree. We have a really fun environment and it's cool and people love it. And outsiders look in, they're like, what you guys do is cool. You're lucky to have that job. You know, saying that to like somebody that works here or something like that. And then there are times where like we have this one girl where things weren't being done right. They weren't being done on time. And we had to have that talk. And I was talking to Brooke. Brooke's been here forever. And it was like, uh, this is the part that I don't like is when you have to be the boss yeah, and definitely. you, you just have to like, and we had to like set her down and be like, I'm going to fire you if you can't do this, like you're cool. And you know, we like having you here, but at the end of the day, this is a business and right. these things have to be done. Right. And it's like, I love your conversation and I love that we can talk about like dick and fart jokes. And it's like, I like you as a person, but like, I don't like you enough to pay you $20 an hour for that conversation. You know what I mean? Like you're not getting anything done. That's pretty good. That would be a, so <laughs> when, uh, you know, I, I was an artist, I was having, I love printing and then ending up running a business in a shop. Like I'm learning the business now because like, that's not what I want to do overall. Yeah. I just want to make cool stuff. Mm -hmm. So we ended up what we call like the idiot signs. That's where like, <laughs> Yeah, they, they put warning labels on stupid things because people have done that stupid thing. Right. So you end up with these signs around your shop. They're like, please don't wash your butt in the sink or something like that. <laughs> like, it's just whatever, you know, like uh, we have to create total signs with instructions on like what sponges to use and reclaim. It's like, please don't use the emulsion and the degreaser sponges. Like, don't right. put the emulsion sponge into the degrease bucket. And uh, it's just... Do you like, think well, that I didn't, I didn't know I couldn't do that? I'm like, yeah, yeah you probably shouldn't. Yeah. Do, do you think that as small business owners, like our main role is really just HR? Baby like sitting. an HR. I, I, I wouldn't sitting. say, I think that that's, uh, I don't like looking at it like that. I, I hear you. Sometimes it feels like that. But really, our main role, our most important role, anyway, as we grow, and our team gets larger 
is uh, HR. I mean, that's what's happened to me because we're in limbo. We're stuck in that limbo land of we're too small to have, you know, a full-time HR staff here, a person here. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. uh, that becomes me. And um, just like you, I started, you know, there was only two people here when we opened and I wanted to make cool shit and we grew like, you know, that just happened. And some of it wasn't even intentional. We just grew and you, and you do that because you have more orders and you buy another press and maybe you don't even know how big you want to be. But my point is, is that I think at one, at some point we all of a sudden become this HR person. And that's like the most important thing, you know, if we're not very good at that, then our company's going to suck. And so I had to, I had to learn it because I wasn't very good at it, you know? Yeah. I, I think the problem, the problem for me arose kind of like where he's at is like, at first you're hiring people that you know, or your friends know, or your friends or whatever, and everything's cool because you all get along and you all have like common goals and you kind of want to do the same thing. But it's when you start hiring like random people off the street mm -hmm. that like strangers, you, yeah, strangers, like you're taking, you, you've depleted your pool of people that you know that could work there. And then you start bringing in yeah. random people and then you're like, okay, well, you know, my friends and stuff around here, we can say the crudest fucking most awful shit to each other in love. And then someone else is just is off the street that like we're trying to train and then they hear us saying stuff like that and it's not cool anymore. And then eventually you have to like be like, all right, well, we're all grownups and we can do this stuff. But like, maybe we need to be a little more professional with this or a little more professional with this. And then. Then you end up with like five or 10 people that are not your close friend group, but are employees. And then it's kind of like, oh, shit. Well, they know that I think that this is a bad thing or this is a rule that they shouldn't break. But the the random people off the street don't know that. So then you have to make, like I said, like an employee handbook that's like, hey, this is the do and the don't. And yeah, without that, you can be in big trouble. A shop we know, a friend of ours just had somebody resign. They came in, put in their two weeks and they asked for all of their unused sick pay, all of their unused vacation pay and pay for the, all of the holidays for the rest of this year. And you're like, <laughs> time out, you know, and unless you have that spelled out, then what happens, you know, like, do you, right. are you legally responsible to pay all those yeah. things? You know, like it's tough. And so at some point you have to say, wait a second, you know, I'm exposed here financially and legally. And I guess I have to go do that thing, even though like, that's the last thing I want to do. Like, that's so boring. And so like, you know, you hate it. Like I, I want somebody else to handle that. That's what we need is we need like a, a service that just comes in and fucking takes care of it. <laughs> so you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be sweet. John, have you had anybody there yet who's worked there long enough that's kind of gone through the, the printer's curse, like a burnout where they just get to the point where they think that they know more than other people and they're just bitter and no that's me <laughs> you're just at that <laughs> point continuously yeah. Uh, yeah that's like the state i live in actually uh, uh the the main girl who's printing here right now uh was my boss at the last shop nice. we both left and i brought her in my brother uh he had he had cancer and over the last year he, he got really bad and i had to be in tennessee a lot to be with him before you know he was gone and she was the only person i trusted so i was like crystal will you will you run this while i'm you know right away yeah I, i've got too much going on I, I can't do it and that was the only person i trusted and she's been here about a year now and she's fantastic like 
she's late. She, uh, you know, takes a lot of smoke breaks. And it's just the only person that smokes in the shop. And I'm always like, please don't make this shirt smell like cigarette. That's so gross. But <laughs> she's she's the only person I know that like has uh, the critical like I uh, like I do. Like it's just really critical and like picky about everything. Like. Uh, she started in like flat stock and then we both worked for a SciTech and uh, we've worked with like emulsions and uh, the EOMs and, you know, doing like really high detail screens for the medical and uh, circuit boards and all that kind of stuff. So like when I, you know, if in theory, the F, I, it, we don't do it here, but if I were like, would the screen needs to be on like this mesh and it needs to be two millimeter or something like that, she could hit that like, She's just really good with uh, with all that. It's really stuff. good to have somebody like that in charge of printing. She's also just a fucking workhorse. Like, I have a lot of trouble like keeping up with her. Like, I'm like, she's like, are you, I, you got anything else? But like, six hours in, she's like, you got anything else? I'm like, dude, I can't keep up with you. There's only like right. thirty thousand people in this town, man. How many shirts do you think we're gonna get? <laughs> like, and she's just she's a workhorse. Yeah. It's funny. I was with, uh, we were sitting down at this hole in the wall place for dinner yesterday, uh, after we went and visited, uh, cold cuts and John was with us and we were talking about stuff and we kind of brought that up. We started talking about, you know, being an owner and the, you know, the worst part is, you know, dealing with people and delegating people. Cause that's something that just like I'm going through right now as an owner is this whole restructure thing and people and whatever. And he made like a really good analogy that like, kind of resonated with me and I kind of wanted to share it, which it was, um, and I don't think he even thought about like that he was like being profound in any way, but he was just talking to me about it. And he was like, I feel like managers or your employees kind of like if they like your job is to basically get people in that you trust that you can delegate work to that they're going to take care of it. Kind of like you're talking about the girl that's with you. Um, but like you need to make sure that that manager can delegate as well and not just take on everything and be that person that thinks that they they're the only person that can do that. You know what I mean? And then they get to the mm -hmm. point, which, like I said, it, we've always talked about it here is like we call it the printer's curse where like, you know, five, six years in, they always get bitter and they always just get like the new guys that come in or your shit and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you ask them, like, did you? Did you talk to the new person? Did you tell them like, hey, this is a, you know, this is how I do it. This is a little bit better of a way to do it. And they're always like, no. And it's like, well, how the fuck are they supposed to know yeah. that like they're not doing it the right way? You're just being a dick. And it's like, he was like, he's like, it's kind of like they're wearing a backpack. You know what I mean? Like you give them a task to do or the shop has a general task and they put it in the backpack. And then that the weight of the backpack on them is at a certain point. And then every time new things come in or new projects come in, they just keep adding it to the backpack, adding it to the backpack. And then eventually the backpack is so heavy that they're just like bitter and delusional. And just like, they're like this place, this place would be fucked without me, blah, blah, blah mentality. And then it just gets to be the point where you just have to like, let them go to get the backpack off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I think I, I, want to have a different approach to the way that we handle things here and the way that we treat people here, because I've had that backpack for so long, like yeah. every shop I've, I've been at, you know, that's been me. I've worn that backpack and I know what it's like. And I don't want to do that to people. Yeah. 
So I think that's something that like I'm coming to terms with is like between me and my key people is like we need to make sure that like we're delegating things to people who are capable and you know it's not all on one person it shouldn't be all on one person and that's yeah. the, like me learning and visiting shops and all this other stuff it's kind of like when we talk to tony and like part of that method for me is the whole uh rotation method with him where it's mm-hmm. like yeah you might have a backpack in one area but when you go to another department you're unloading that backpack and you're starting over and then eventually you have enough knowledge with everything and you can see who's good at these tasks that you can kind of delegate everything to be like, okay, you're really good at this. You deal with this and whatever. And it's not like one person has to do all the tasks. I feel like we're early enough and I'm sure you guys have, have been here as well. Like everything's been on my plate. And one of the hardest things to learn was to let go of what I do. And like, you know, uh, I fully, I fully understand that, <laughs> you know, n- knowing that I, I can trust these people. I, you know, like just here, this, this is like too much for me at this time. Like I, I have all this art to do. I have to, you know, deal with these emails, please do this. And then finding somebody that you're like, I, all right, I, I trust them. This is well, going to be I think okay. It's- you know, like it's your business, you're invested financially and emotionally yeah. and it's your reputation and all those things. And so, you know, you make sure that you do your best and then to to delegate that and to find somebody that also cares, you know, that's, there, there's people are out there. There definitely are. There's, there are, we found a ton of them. And if it weren't for them, actually, um, the last, I would say at least month, I have only been here half days and some not even at all because of my back issue. And if I didn't have, because I used to be just like you, you know, I had this backpack and I probably had 10 backpacks and and I was doing everything. GM and, sports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was like, um, I would, I'd say that I, I didn't mind it because I, I liked, um, you know, action packed days and you know, like it was fun and to do all these different things. But I think that it slows you down, like with the analogy anyway, that slows you down you can't grow. And if you were to become injured or sick or whatever, then you're fucked, you know, because who's going to run the shop. And so I think that, um, that's a, that's a growing pain that once you do get on the other side of it, you become a lot happier inside, you know, you fear it. Like you're like, wait, I don't even, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Yeah, it is. right. I think over the last year when I had to be in Tennessee a lot and leave the shop, that was the first time in like five, six years that I just straight up left for a while. And that, that, that was the, the turning point of knowing that it'll be realizing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I need those people. Like, you know, like you said, uh, when you start to grow, when you bring those people in it, you, you actually grow Like so much more happens that like, I don't have to be on the press for eight hours. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm actually talking to people and being cool and hanging out with customers and they're like, you know, building the relationships that you need to get these orders in, we got more orders because I wasn't on the press ignoring everybody. I think the other part of it too, is just realizing coming to terms that you're not as good as you think you are. Like I had the mentality early on that like, you know, that whole, like, if you want it done right, do it yourself thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then everybody's like, oh, I, 
you know, you're not going to do this as good. Let me show you how I do it. Let me show you how I do it. And then you finally hire somebody for a position. Like you, you as an owner, take that breath of like, I fucking have to hire somebody for this. I can't do it anymore. Like I need to at least try it. And then you get them in that position. You realize that they're doing it way fucking better than you were doing it in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, oh shit, you thought of this or you organized this this way, or you found a method that makes this way more efficient than I never would have thought of. And that's when you come to the realization of like, who can I get to do all the things in other departments? Because like, yeah. if they're, if this person rules at this, then there's gonna be more people out there that are good too. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It's definitely of, cool. I mean, this started in, in our like basement on like, I couldn't even afford like uh Riley jr. I think like my mom gave me some like press you probably found on Amazon, not the blue one. This is like a single color black that you couldn't hit the same like you couldn't hit the same spot twice. Once you lifted the screen, <laughs> that shirt was Fucked. done. Yeah. yeah, no, it was over. And like, I think we did like one order or like, I don't know, before we were like, this is, this is awful. This isn't going to work. And then um, every dollar that we've ever made has gone back into the place. So I think within like a month or two months or something like that, everything that we've made from selling like really crappy, like one pass, you know, Gildan shirts, like, uh, we bought like a Riley junior four color. And then that was like, this is, this is getting kind of nuts. And then like, they were getting heat pressed cause I couldn't afford, you know, a conveyor. Were you yeah. starting off with printing orders for other people or were you starting off with the kind of stuff that you're known for of like the, the Richmond tees? Both. Uh, Both. Friends, bands. Uh, it's mostly, I've been in music for a long time. So bands it was just like yeah. yay they need shirts man yeah i'll do them like right. four bucks each or whatever it's just like back in like gildans were like less than a dollar each so you know <laughs> the good old days so much um so how did you get into the whole making funny shirts basically you know i was always told like you know you always hear like you have to find your niche and yeah. that was kind of weird to to figure out i feel like we just made one instead instead of finding one we just made one i don't know this place is weird like it's, it's a messed up small little town we're in between dayton and indianapolis and there's a massive highway that goes through it so we have like all this population and like all this craziness that comes through the highway and like then there's this small podunk indiana town stuck dead in the center just it's weird we have a we have an insane asylum here Jim Jones went to our high school. Like, it's just uh, Jim Jones' wife, the cult leader's wife. Like, she's buried like four blocks from my house. It's just weird stuff, man. For like such a podunk <laughs> little weird town. So, yeah, it's just funny. And, uh, thinking about your stuff, Christina brought up. She's like, he's kind of like the opposite of Rockford Art Deli. Where like yeah. Jared's like, let's build up this town. Let's like, you know, all his designs are like, you know, I love it here, love it here. And then I look at yours and it's just like, I wrote down some of my favorites. <laughs> but like, the shirts are just so... Well, everybody here has a bad attitude. Nobody loves it here. But it's, it's the thing is, it's theater. kind of like it's, that... We're not, we're not trying to be derogatory. We don't, you know, we're not... You know, right, but that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the same thing of like me... And my friends, like we talk shit to each other because we love each yeah. other and they realize that it's just like, 
they want that because that's what it is. It's like, it's not yeah. like I would walk up to my best friend and be like, you look, you look great today. Like you're, you're such a handsome devil. I'd rather be like, wow, you look like fucking hot garbage today. And then like flip on the bird and walk by. Like they know that that to me is more important than the other thing. So like you poking fun at your town is yeah. just lighthearted love of like where you're from, but it's also just funny. We also try to, to use it as a, like a position to address issues that just are completely ignored. Like we have a city that's been run by like the same handful of old people forever. And they're like, well, we've done everything here for the last 50 years and it hasn't worked. And we don't see any reason to change that now. So it's like, there's a new generation coming up and like people my age and in their forties and whatnot are moving into like higher positions and yeah. you know getting those jobs. And this, this old guard just fights us so hard. And yeah, we love it. We love yeah. fighting with them. Isn't it going to be, I know you want to read those, but isn't it, isn't it going to be weird when you're the old guard and then there's another new generation or whatever it is. And they're like, you're, and then you're the asshole. <laughs> it won't change. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, I, I, right. I've always wanted to be like the angry old man in the front yard. Oh yeah. Kids. Hell yeah. Yep. It's going to be me for sure. Yeah. It's like kind of how like my stepdad is, which is funny. Cause like you go to their house and he put up, we my parents house they have the house and then they have like rental properties near there but they share the same driveway he put up fucking like speed limit signs in the driveway and like speed bumps and shit it's like dude you're just being a dick at that point like yeah it's your own driveway like i don't know it's funny but so that that took off like you started making them and it took off and you kind of run with it now like it's you have like a retail spot in there right where people can come in and buy that stuff yeah, we do. And a lot of times we'll keep like the good ones stocked. But when things happen here so fast, like we had some dude just went into Walmart, got onto a motorized scooter, grabbed a 12 pack out of the aisle, and then just rode around the store drinking the 12 pack, throwing the cans down. And they, he you know, got arrested for it. But things like that happen so fast here that like we have no interest in fast fashion or anything like that. But it seems right. like that's an area that we got put into. So we'll create a mock-up. We'll put it online. If it sells, you know, I'll burn a screen. That's why, you know, we, we don't just do single colors, but we kind of got hit for it, like, and known. Like, that's just, man, this, this, nobody's going to remember this next week. I'm not doing, like, a four colors. I'm not burning four screens right. for this. Yeah, yeah. You get one I'm color. Too much man. effort into it. Yeah. And, like, we could sell one or we could sell 100. It's a gamble. You never know which shirt's going to take off. Well, it's funny. You, I was reading one of them and it was saying something like uh, some lady in your town got arrested for flashing people as they went by. Yeah. And then, and then I was uh, scrolling through it and the shirt just says Newcastle cops hate tits. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is the best shirt ever. Yeah. <laughs> what are some I was ones? waiting for? I was waiting for a callback from that one. <laughs> I was like, uh, there was one, uh, it was a year ago, two years ago or something like that. This kind of like, was a big spark in it that uh, we were up at like maybe around midnight or something like that. Somebody stole a street sweeper and they were racing it around town at like five miles an hour. And the cops couldn't stop this guy. It went on for about two hours and everybody in Richmond was outside, like watching and listening. He was just going up and down the main road and like the cops couldn't stop this dude. So we had a shirt up. How do you not stop sale. a dude on a street sweeper? <laughs> yeah. You'd have to ask them. It's so like, <laughs> 
we had a shirt up and available and ready on our website before he was arrested. And everyone's like, you guys are so fast with this. So people start sending us links of like, yo, this happened. Yeah. You're going to do a shirt. And it's like, I don't really want to do a shirt about, you know, like little Tommy getting a DUI. That's kind of dumb. Right. But yeah, people just send us everything now, like everything that happens. That was something else I saw on there. It was like, you're, you're not shit unless uh black dog makes a shirt about you or whatever. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, we've done we've done a good portion of the population i think by this point <laughs> some of my other uh favorites i saw on there was uh indiana the alabama of the north we had a big debate in the shop of whether or not to go with florida or alabama because both are <laughs> up, there. up there yeah yeah uh golden corral i'm trying to feel sick today <laughs> yeah. that one made me laugh yeah <laughs> i <laughs> I don't think I've ever eaten there, honestly. But I went there once fit. when yeah. I lived in Georgia. And I, yeah, it's one of those, like, you don't need. I don't that. think it was necessarily us being like, their food's going to make you sick. It's like, I'm going to go there and just be fucking disgusting. Oh, that's exactly what I thought it. of. The people yeah, who want to yeah. go to Gordon Corral aren't like, oh, I want to go there for like fine cuisine. They're like, I'm going to eat until I have diarrhea for three days. It's quantity, yeah. not quality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we, uh, we haven't heard from that. We kind of expected to get a cease and desist from them on that one. Uh, we have to be kind of careful. Uh, I, I'm friends with an attorney, so she's kind of like who I call when like letters start coming in about stuff. I'm like, yo, should I be worried? She's like, just do what they say. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Richmond now with less lead in our water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so is that we, one of the ones where you're poking at something that is an issue that? Yeah, uh, nobody knew. So we were at the last shop. This is we just bought this building in May. So we were in like an 800 square foot room for like four or five years when we moved out of the basement. And that, that place is a shithole. That that photo of uh, that the paper used with a really shitty logo, like that was like as soon as we were out of the basement, we had no money and like it was terrible i think like we cut that vinyl on like a cricket or some piece of shit and like it was just a nightmare starting out there was a crackhead like prostitute that lived above us and she was always fighting and screaming and our customers could hear her like going at it like while they're standing and like talking about placing an order for some you know they could be a church and i'm like yeah that's that happens sorry <laughs> and then uh yeah i don't know it was just do you feel like that's building a community though? Like I know you're saying that's you have opposition. Right, but you have opposition. So, yeah, like that's, that's why you're asking. I got off point. I'm sorry. Like uh, we were just standing in the shop and this lady runs in and it's like, hey, she had like water company shirt on. It's like, you guys don't drink the water, do you? And I was like, we live here. Yeah, of course. She was like, we're replacing all the pipes because they're made out of lead. And I was like, shouldn't everybody know about that? Like that's that's kind of fucked up. And uh, yeah, nobody knew that Richmond had lead pipes um, until last year. That probably explains why it's full of mutants. <laughs> Just lead poisoning, generational lead poisoning. Not funny, but funny at the same time. Do you? And then when I bought the building, they came back and they made me sign a piece of paper that said I wouldn't sue them over having lead pipes and they would replace them. But if I did want to file or press anything, like then I was going to be responsible to replace all the pipes. So I was like, shit, I'll sign. It's so that's so shitty like that to put you in that position it's like i mean not that you would want to sue them but it's kind of like 
you know, hey, did you poison my kid? We'll do something nice for you if you're willing to not say that we did bad things to you. Yeah, so I figured at least I have a platform where I can yell at them from. Yeah. So talk about talk about that a little bit more. I know you've gotten cease and desist and you've got people at the town higher ups pissed at you about certain yeah. things. Yeah. One of my favorites and that letter uh, from the parks director came from um we made a really nice shirt and it was like Richmond, Indiana. Uh and it was a picture of like a local park at Springwood Park. It had like you know, and a, a nice image we created of like their their front gates and everything like that. And there was nothing wrong or, you know, bad about the shirt whatsoever. It was really nice. But at the bottom, it had, uh, you know, a web URL to Craigslist for misconnections for, you know, gay hookups, because that's what happened there at night and everybody knew it. So like Denise didn't see that until like somebody pointed out like did you did you see what he put at the bottom of this and they went to the link and it was like craigslist misconnections for you know and uh that that's and things started to go off and then um the visitor center we made like i got my ged in richmond indiana shirt and i put the twitter handle for our the local visitor center <laughs> on it <laughs> and uh, so they were getting calls like uh, I put it on a couple of the shirts like we got dog food because we have three dog food plants here. And uh, I put the their Twitter handle on on the dog food shirt. So people were calling the visitors and be like, I want that dog food shirt. Where do I get? <laughs> you know, like, can I come in and buy it today? And they're like that. No, we no, we don't do that. Those those are idiots. Don't do that. <laughs> and then uh, that got us boycotted from the visitor center. The The park shirts got us boycotted from uh the parks department, the chamber of commerce fights with us all the time that they don't like us. Uh, we had the mayor will come in and buy like the weird random Richmond shirts. Cause he thinks they're funny, but it'll be like, man, we're in some like big business meeting or, you know, city council or whatever kind of meetings they have with the suits. And like, and you guys came up again and I'm like, you guys can't attack a private business. I'm like just let them do whatever. You know, next week it'll be something else and nobody will know. Like Let legally, legally, they can't do anything, right? Like they can't, you're not using um, like any trademarks or anything, right? Not that we found so far. We try to be kind of safe about it. Yeah. Uh, like the cease and desist, we got one from Salt Life because we made the Salt Life logo, but it said Slut Life. And then we got this like long email chain of Brooke, uh, our, our reception like girl, um, trying to get this like corporate guy from salt life to say slut but he would not and she was like i am really confused here what which word which word is the issue and keith uh, his final email was just like come on guys that's all he wrote back <laughs> it's like we're like all right man we, we took it down uh, we got one from dare like i didn't even know dare was still a thing yeah i've seen uh, that forever uh because i have we didn't even like sell these. We just made a bunch and we thought they were hilarious. And like, I think they were going, we were right under Michigan. So we know a bunch of growers. So it was like dispensaries are really expensive or I don't know, whatever dumb thing. And dare demanded that we, we ship them all the unsold merch. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. We took it off the website or you know, they wanted said, to sell them. Yeah. Oh, we, we always kind of wonder like, the visitor center and the chamber, they're probably mad that we do better branding. We sell more merch for Richmond and we do a better job of it than they do. Mm -hmm. 
like by far. That makes I, um, sense. I was going to say, I, I asked, I have a chat bot question <clears throat> and I think it's perfect. Like it fits in right now. And I asked it, what is punk rock? Because I sort of, I think that, um, so I'll read this. And whenever I read. That's all you asked it? Yes. Yeah. And when I read it. Very just punk rock. Substitute entrepreneur in. Okay. Um, in place of punk rock. But I'm just going to read, read punk rock for now. Because I think, um, I think it's the same thing. And so, especially for you. So, punk rock is characterized by a rebellious and DIY ethos. At its core, yeah. being at its core, being punk rock is about rejecting mainstream values, challenging authority, and expressing oneself through music, fashion, and attitude. Being punk rock is more than just a style or type of music. It's a mindset and a way of living. It's about questioning authority, rejecting conformity, and standing up for what you believe in. It's about being authentic and true to yourself, even if it means going against the grain. I think that's like, I think you have to have a little bit of that in you, that spirit to uh, yeah. go start a business and like, and give it a shot. What do you, what do you think? You think that's, that's true and accurate? I think a lot of that's oh, yeah, accurate. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I started all this out of a lot of punk rock and, you know, hardcore. We're playing in bands and we're like, we need merch. And then that just snowballs. And a lot of the DIY, the ethics and everything like that. Yeah. I, I, I hold a lot of those core values. So, yeah. I think the DIY stuff and all that is, is relevant. I mean, obviously there's business owners that are pretty by the book, but I feel like more so, um, John, you kind of have the, against authority part of that with the whole what you're doing with the Richmond stuff and you're kind of like bringing to light issues in town and and whatever else not that necessarily you're trying to but like you kind of are so that definition is yeah. very you I would say yeah what else did you ask the uh the AI Andy that's all I did so I have it up. If you want me to, I can ask him anything you want. But that's all I did for <laughs> ask. Uh, ask it, John. Is there anything you want to ask it? Like something about Richmond that we could ask that AI about you? Who's the most famous person out of Richmond, Indiana? There you go. Let's see if it's Jim Jones. What was the whole Jim Jones thing? I don't know. I don't know who he is. Jim Jones. He was the Kool Aid cult leader. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He went to high school here. He grew up here in the area. He met his wife here and uh, he worked at the hospital for a long time. And uh, hey, did he do all this stuff there or where did he do it? No, no. Uh, he, he later moved. I think he moved to Indianapolis and then further out. And he ended up in South America or something like that with the cult. And then that's where they, you know, drank the, the Kool-Aid and all died. All because of those lead pipes, man. Yeah, yeah, probably. Now, this is back in like when was Jim Jones? Like the sixties or something like that. Something. The original lead pipes. Yeah, yeah. When they were fresh. Yeah, he was a he was a weird guy. All right. Where is doesn't say anything about <laughs> Jim Jones. <laughs> but 
here's what we've got. So there have been several notable people from Richmond, Indiana. I said that weird, Indiana. But perhaps the most well-known is jazz musician and composer Hoagie Carmichael. Ever heard of him? Yeah. Yeah. There's a statue of him down at IU in Bloomington. So, uh, so we have one of the the first recording studios that would actually record black musicians here. And uh, there was a lot of jazz and that stuff. But we also had the KKK recorded at the same studio at the, around the same era as these jazz musicians. So Richmond's really big on like, oh, we have brought in all these people. It's so inclusive. And I'm like, yeah, but you guys also brought the KKK in. So that's kind of weird, isn't it? And they're like, no, no, we don't talk about that. That, uh, that we had the Star Piano Factory, which made like really nice pianos. Uh, it was um, Jeanette Records, and they were one of the first uh, companies to like bring musicians in and record uh, jazz and put out the records. And that's where the farmers market is at now, in the old uh, warehouse that they had. Are you focusing most of your business on Richmond? Are you like trying to branch out with it? There's we've like gone over it a bunch. Like should, we, we've actually. Just, consider changing uh our actual commercial printing uh, from black dog and disassociating it with the name because we have a serious side and like we take it serious when you know we work with a lot of factories we work with a lot of schools we work with like churches and we have like real jobs and those are the ones that like really pay our bills and salaries right. and everything yeah. and then we have our idiot stuff and that's fun. That's where we get out of like a lot of our, our idiot stuff and our ideas and whatever. Uh, it's, it's kind of a balance between like, do we wear the suit today or are we going to be punk rock? Yeah. What do you think? What are you thinking? Are you thinking you're more on the side of making? Cause I mean, that makes sense to me, like making a new name that's just for professionalism and printing. It'll probably happen. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know if we're there yet, but how far can we really push our idiot stuff without damaging, you know, what actually pays us? I mean, if you're, if you're getting consistently growing, then maybe you don't have to as far as on the printing side, but if it kind of stalls out, that might be your problem. Yeah. I, from what I've heard and like actually having people come in and customers and everything like that, it's, it's helped us because people think it's funny. A lot of it are just inside jokes, like the no cows, we got that good eyes or the, you know, whatever. It doesn't make any sense to, unless you're from here. And like, and people are like, Oh, I get it. They do have that good eyes. <laughs> I don't know. What, what's, what's new for you guys? What's the, what's the game plan for this year? Anything different than before? We want to add embroidery because nobody around here does, uh, a reasonable job with it and i hate outsourcing if i don't have to outsource i don't want to right and we keep getting more and more demand for embroidery like and that's gonna have to happen at some point who's gonna run it you or uh you're gonna get oh, somebody no. else in there no i'll have to learn it i guess but he's so gonna you. he's gonna delegate he's not gonna put that in his backpack no i don't i don't want that in my bag those those are big <laughs> machines <laughs> but I, you know, I also, uh, we have zero debt with our entire business, um, aside from the building that we just bought, like all our presses and everything like that. I just bought out of pocket because it's, like I said, every dollar that I've ever made has gone back into this. Yeah. So I like, what I'd love to get an embroidery like machine. The building. Uh, awful. That, that took a long time because uh, the bank was like, ha, 
you guys don't have any money and you don't have a job. It's like, well, I'm self-employed. I'm like, yeah, I, no. So it took That's a lot of convincing and like, house. yeah, showing like records of like, you know, look, uh, and then, uh, we have a, we have a good CPA and I talked to her and she was like, you're going to hate it and it's going to suck, but I can fuck you up one good time. And then after that, you can go back to what you normally pay. But that one time it's going to hurt. And I was like, do it. I had to and do that exact loan, same thing. Yeah, dude. And the bank loan just happened to be at the exact same time taxes hit. So uh, from our first like meeting with this new bank and they were the first bank that took us serious, actually talked to us, gave us a roadmap and talked to us like people because we went to like three of the banks and they're like laughed at us they're like you guys are idiots no and this is the first bank that was cool with us and actually talked to us and from the first time i talked to her within three months taxes hit and our cpa did what she did and i went back and i was like well here are our numbers and she was like you're gold let's go and then it just happened really quick what was the building before uh carpet and like wall damage mold repair uh stuff like that it, it, it it's part of they this building uh was part of a larger company that had multiple buildings and i think this was probably the offices is where they had like their phones and computers and then uh but they do like flood damage repair and stuff like that i don't know did you go into that with a business plan of like hey half's gonna be print shop half's gonna be tattoo shop oh yeah yeah so my awesome. wife and i like everything's always she and I are like, uh, I don't know, a weird duo. Like, I'm not going to do anything without her. And our slow period, like, we wouldn't have survived without one or the other. When she's dead and can't pay bills because there's nothing. When we were starting out, I, I might have something and I could cover everything and vice versa. Like, right. starting out is hard, man. It's really scary and it's really hard. Like, uh, when I quit my job, uh, our families were like, are you, are you really going to quit and you're just going to do this? Like when we decided to rent our first location, be, you know, like we're going to do this. And everyone's like, that's a really bad idea. And, uh, until it's fought. not. And then they come to you for stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I print all the decals for like a multi-million dollar trucking industry. And like the, the president at that time was like, this sounds like a bad idea, John. I'm like, but I, I'm not scared because if I fail, I, I go back to my old job or something. Yeah. Like that's the worst. I, I don't care. Like what's the worst that's going to happen is I fail. And then, yeah. you know, I'll just start over something else. If you don't try, you'll never know. And I'm not afraid to try. I'm not afraid to fail. I fail a lot. You know, that's the big thing is I think a lot of people don't get is like, this is hard and it's been a long road and I fuck up a, a lot. And it's just been a constant process of like, trying to make your way towards like a, down this road, but you're just constantly walking straight into shit. And you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to sound like a motivational speaker guy, but I feel like fail is just one of those things where the word just has a bad meaning. And when you hear fail, you automatically think bad, but realistically yeah. it's not, it, there should be another word for it where it's like, I got it. You succeeded in failing. Yeah. That's what I would I mean, tell like, my kid a lot. <laughs> if you guys are into art or anything like that, or even making music, you know, like you're going to, you're going to make a million bad paintings before you get that one. That's going right. to, people are going to be like, that's really good. What, you're gonna, learning, you're learning what not to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
it's been a fun one. That's what I told just last night. My my wife, she's she has been at home for almost three weeks now in her studio every single day. And she has hit like this wall. She she's trying to creative create creatively, she's like stuck, right? And she's trying to break through. And I'm like, look, like, so what if you paint a hundred paintings and they all suck? But then maybe the hundred and first one is yeah. is what you wanted. Like that's where you needed to be, or that's where you want to be anyway. And it took all of these other ones to get there. And who cares if that's in a month or if that's in six months? Like doesn't matter because once you're there, you found it, you know? And so don't force it because that's the worst thing to do. Um, take a deep breath and just go down there and do it every day until you find what you're looking for, you know? And and it's okay if you fail. Just we'll take the hundred paintings and we'll just throw them in a dumpster. But then, because you'll you'll then have that one that you you were looking for. Failure should be part of it, and it's going to happen. It's quitting that yeah. if that's where some people's roads just going to end. With that. Yeah, I was also going to say uh, I have one of the original shirt shows uh, shirts. I think it was probably from the first run that you guys did. Probably the Blastsol ones. The West Blastsol on a really thin uh, bell canvas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I'm slacking on that, too, because I've had shirts printed for a while now that are uh, uh, my mom does my digitizing. And I just have a box sitting here that I haven't uh, put them up. I yet. thought you were going to go into like uh, Hanson's printing. Like, <laughs> his, I love his phone calls. I like mm-hmm. Alec Nate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's he and I talk the inspiration on that. Yeah. yeah. We should collab with you, John, with like because there's shirts we want to do all the time that come up. Just something funny happens on the show or whatever. And you have like this perfect way of making a t-shirt or a saying. Yeah. Like, so um, the weird part is it's just our humor. Like that's just how we talk around here, like to each other in the shop. It's just this deadpan sarcasm with like, yeah. A bit of weirdness. I got a a listener question here for you on that. It says, uh, squeegee Prince Juan says, uh, which tea was the most offensive and did it sell well? The most offensive one that was probably a, it was a picture, it was a silhouette of like a politician standing at a podium and uh, it said, the senator's mistress will always have access to safe abortion. And we sold that uh, during the Trump period. And I think I made $10,000 in four days off of that. That's crazy. Yeah. That, how, that, how do you, that bought, how do you that bought our first, to market it? That bought our first press. We didn't have, we didn't market, we didn't do anything. It was all you just posted on Instagram or on Facebook we and posted it on Facebook and it just went. And it was a sticker, actually. The sticker bought our first uh the first crappy press I had. And it's not crappy. Uh it was like a four four station six color uh BWM Hopkins. And like it's still back there. Like I, I don't want I it rarely gets used at this point because it's been beat to hell. I mean it's from like two thousand two or something like that. But that sticker the that bought that for us. Is there and anything that else that you, got us to where we are now? Is there anything else that you do as a shop or it's just like your ethics or whatever that is part of the town that you're known for? Or we get yelled at a lot because uh Tarot works a lot with like uh sex workers and like a lot of like uh the different industries like e girls and stuff. We, we do a lot of stuff and collaborations with e girls and all that kind of stuff because it's just a weird area that nobody else is touching. So it's open. And uh, so we give away free plan B, like no questions asked. Uh, 
our Planned Parenthood is gone. Our, you know, the clinics here are terrible. So we give away like free uh, pregnancy tests, free condoms, free plan B, whatever. No questions asked. Just like and in your shop and in the tattoo shop or just they walk? No, no, just they're just all them. sitting out in the lobby, man. And anybody that needs something can come in and just grab it. And we do that through, you know, uh, pretty much like private donations of people. Right. Is that something that's advertised that you have, or is it just like a word of mouth? Like, Hey, they have some stuff. Uh, we'll post about it every so often. We want people to know it's there for them if they need right. it. If you know, they have no other option, then that's a better solution. Yeah. I get it. Um, do you have any shop hacks or questions for us? I asked you this question a while ago and I'd ask it again, man. Like when you were, uh, I think I asked you this on a Alan and a Alan House uh, show with Marshall. I'm trying to remember. It was a while ago. Uh, how did you go from having a press, having maybe a building or something, or as kind of the space, and then turning that into a legit, like legit business? Like I, I've always felt like I'm in this weird zone of like this limbo of like are we a legit business people think we are but i don't feel like that like i don't know I, i've heard your stories about like yeah you don't dress up and then you're walking over to these big corporate you know like football offices and having big meetings and it's like so how do you go from like an idiot in his garage to actually having staff and employees and payroll and or like andy said you know hr it, it's because uh, I've worked in so many shops and I'm like, did these just always exist? Like, I, I don't even like these guys. And they're, they're dumber than I am. Why? <laughs> like, how do they do this? Why do they have all this money? I, I actually talked about this with a friend the other day. And it's funny, like, this is kind of like a personal thing. Uh, a vulnerable thing, I guess, of like, for I, I kind of, I kind of grew up poor. And I always had this feeling of like, you know, when you're the, you're the kid that gets, you want your parents to drop you off in their shitty car that has no muffler, like a block before your friend's house so that you can like get out and walk into your friend that lives in the nice house in the suburbs house and shit like that. Like I, I kind of, yeah. And I kind of had that mentality for a long time of like, you know, I had hand-me-downs or I had this or whatever. And then your whole life, you kind of are like, I'm slightly not good enough to be here. You know what I mean? Or why am I here kind of feeling? And then I feel like for a long time in business, it was kind of like that where I would go into a meeting or I would try to, you know, do something or go to like a chamber of commerce. Like I ended up getting on the board and whatever. And I don't, I don't do that shit anymore. But like, I always felt like when I walked, I don't think I'm allowed to. (laughs) Well, I always felt like walking into a room because I'm not one that's going to like dress up for somebody else. Like literally what I'm wearing right now is what I would wear to. I don't own khakis. I own like two pairs of jeans. Right. If you invite me to a wedding, it's going to be like my normal ass clothes. Um, But like, for the longest time, I always felt like that little kid where you walk in and you like give your, you know, I could help you with this or I could do this. And they, it, you get that feeling that they want to like pat you on the head and be like, okay, go, go away. Like, thanks for coming kind of thing. But I feel that like was, you that just, was us, yeah, asking for the loan. For the I just feel like you get to a certain point where you're just like, fuck them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you get to a point where you're just like, you know what? I, 
look back sometimes and like, I have this business like you where I have no debt. I have this building that I own that I fixed up. I have, you know, 10 to 15 employees. It's gorgeous. Right. Like I have 10 to 15 employees that I pay and like they pay to like have their families live and like they, they have mortgages and all this other stuff. So it's like at a certain point, you're just like, I'm not that I'm not that little vulnerable kid you know, like I'm doing what I'm doing and I love it. And there's people out there that are fucking the people that I thought that I had to like impress are actually the people who hate their lives that like go to their yeah. office job and they're like, this fucking sucks. Like to a degree, I think that they wish they were me. You know what I mean? Like they wish that they could just do fun shit and hang out with their friends and be like, oh, it's slow today. Let's play Gears of War for four hours. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think you're, I think I just need to accept on, that yeah. at some point where I'm just like, who gives a shit? Like fuck them. Like I'm just doing yeah. what I want to do. Uh, and then uh, my other question, I guess, if I can ask Andy, or as well, uh, you can Let's answer. Like, let Andy answer. How have you ever felt about imposter syndrome, or how have you ever handled that? Cause I remember the first time that I had a check come in for like $10,000 and I was like, Oh fuck, dude, I don't, I'm not set up for this. Like I, this is outrageous. And now it's like normal, uh, you know, but I'm like, no, I, you, you don't, you don't give me that, man. Like that's no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> Tell me, um, define imposter syndrome again. Tell me what that is exactly. Just like you feel like you're, you have to show face or you have to um, act like you're smart enough or you're re capable enough to do the things that people are paying you to do. Like you're a poser, like you're faking. Uh, this says uh, a psychological occurrence in which an individual doubts their skills, talents or accomplishments and has persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. <laughs> it's just kind of like, I don't know, man, like. Well, it's like the example like you were saying of walking going, into, you're just like, yeah, like me walking into the football state or the baseball stadium and acting like I was capable of doing their business. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had a fucking four color manual in a garage and I was asking the New York Mets <laughs> to print their shirts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, Andy, you have a shop that I've looked up to and like I've followed you, you know, like you have this cool stuff and everything. And it's like. Did he ever like start out in the, the, you know, I don't know if he started out with like just the crappy Amazon press in a garage like 20 years ago or anything like that. But like, did, was there ever a point where like people started coming in and like you were paying people and you're like, I'm taking care of these people. I, I and I'm an idiot. Like this is. <laughs> um, I yes. I started in a garage. Um, I built my own my first press so it was worse than any amazon press because i i wasn't very good at building it but i think that it taught me you know what i didn't want out of a press and what i did want and so that was it was a good like thing i did um i've never cared it's i'm a weird kid i think i was a weird kid i am i am a weird kid yeah um you know my dad died when i, I was real young and i didn't I was not very good at a lot of things, but I didn't ever care, you know, like what other people thought. And I don't know why that was. I've never really cared so much. And I think that um, 
um, I wasn't confident at all. And uh, when I was younger, and it was, it was mostly because I didn't have a dad, you know, like other kids, they all had dads. And that was, you know, what, when I yeah. went and spend the night at people's houses and stuff, it was like, a, it was such a trip to see, like that family dynamic. And so I, I always felt like less than, you know, but at some point, I don't know when it was, I think it was probably when I got my ass kicked one day in school, because this was before there was bullying hotlines, you know, you just got beat up. And so yeah. uh, I, I think I got my ass kicked and I had a, a stepdad at that time. And he was like, he enrolled me in Taekwondo or took me to Taekwondo classes. And, um, I don't know, it gave me some confidence, you know? And so I figured out that like, I'm, I'm just this average guy and I can, if I have a problem in front of me, I'll figure it out. And I'll maybe sort of like you said earlier, I won't maybe get it right the first time and I'll fail, but eventually I'll just get it right. And so I approach everything like that, you know, even now. And so the imposter syndrome of is like, okay, well, I remember when we started, um, we needed to get a credit card machine and I didn't deserve one. You know, like, I don't know you're, I'm going to run people's credit cards here and stuff like that's crazy thought, yeah. you know, like that's something yeah, that's it, huge responsibility. I don't want their credit cards and numbers and all that kind of stuff. But I um, went and got it and I just faked it. You know, I was like, hey, yeah. I'm going to I need this no, faking. It has been like such a huge thing here. Like <laughs> people don't know like how uh, I don't know uh, when we first started out and it was like you know, Riley junior press and everything like that. I never posted photos of our shop. I never posted photos of the location because I always want to present, you know, like I wanted the customer to be like, wow, these guys are big and they're doing cool stuff. And I'm like, no, nah, it's just an idiot back here with like a heat press. <laughs> you know, it was I like, when like I, when I had, from like 30 years ago, when I had the button company merch buttons, when I first started the first company I did, uh, people thought I had like a real business, a warehouse, like I had all these parts and employees and everything. It was me in my uh, my wife's parents' basement on a futon doing the emails and orders. And then I hired Chris, my best friend, to press the buttons on a manual uh, one, you know, hand yeah. lever button Not maker. There, but he yeah. was doing it on a piece of plywood in the back of his Astro van in the parking lot of college. Because he lived in the van and at Syracuse instead of having a dorm. So, like, how do you tell people that that's how your business is operating? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that I, there's I, I think there's people that would love that and support you, you know, because that's like been the thing grown. is like being open and honest about kind of like uh, letting people see into that window. Mm -hmm. They've loved it. And you know, we've always found a social media, like you have to be yourself and present yourself and people want a story. They follow the story. They've like, they've watched this start from the basement. They've seen us grow. They saw us buy this building. They saw us buy like nice presses and they've seen us like upgrade dryers and do all this cool stuff. And they've liked watching that journey. Well, they like and ordering from you and helping you grow that, you know what I mean? Cause like, if you're, those are the vital, those are the vital customers that keep us alive. And those are the yeah. relationships that we have to maintain regardless. Right. But we don't realize that when it's happening, like you said, like you didn't want to show that stuff off then because you didn't I, realize. I, that I still talk to do. my old boss from a tech a lot. And uh, every so often I'll, I'll call him up. Cause like he was the professional that I would look up to. I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but you know, he does. And so I'd call him up and I'd be like, man, this is just a nightmare. Like everything is like awful. And this, this person's 
insanely stupid and I don't want to deal with it. And he's like, you just got to remember they pay your bills. I'm like, yeah, right. that sucks. <laughs> uh, you're, you're like, yeah, I'll redraw, I'll redraw that JPEG. That's, that's fantastic. And I'll give you six revisions. That's even better. I love it. Yeah. No, like I just did uh one order. It was, it wasn't anything. It was like 25 shirts or something like that. I did five revisions because they couldn't find the right PMS for cream color. And they wanted me to make up all these mock-ups to show them different side-by-sides of the different shades of cream. And I was like, you know, you're not giving me a specific PMS. I got a can of ink back there that says like flesh on it or something like that. And that's what I'm going to use, man. Like regardless of what you tell me or what you say, like, and whatever digital mock-up you make them, the ink color is probably not going to come out to be like perfectly to no. them anyway. So. And, and trying to explain what a vector is to anybody like that's not in the, the, you know, in the game or like how it's so insane when you're like, they go over and over and over this digital mock-up and I'm like, it's not real. <laughs> that is not a real t-shirt. I have, I've not physically made that. I cannot give it to you. You can look at it in an email. That's, that's as far as it's going to go, man. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing ever is like getting that PDF named vector. That's got a JPEG in it. I love, love those. It's the best. Or yeah. yeah. When it's got the transparent background, but it's actually just like <laughs> a screenshot of a transparent background. Yeah. Uh, but like we have on our order form, like I need help with my artwork. I have a crappy JPEG or I have a PNG or I have full fledged vector. People always click. I have a vector and it's never a vector. <laughs> it's a little surprise for you. That's what they want. Oh yeah. I know that. Uh, it, All right. They, they, they pay the bills. Quick dates. I'm ready. Go ahead. I always forget them first. I need to remember that. We've done I know, this. That's why I say go ahead and you wait like 10 seconds. <laughs> All right. Night in or night out? For me, as yeah. far as like what I do with myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a kid. I'm, I don't go out. I don't talk to people. This is like coming to work. That, that's my day. And then that's- afterwards, it, I go home and I'm a dad. You hit up Golden Corral on the way home? Oh yeah, you know, you love it. I could just put my head in the trough. Uh something random that brings you joy. Winning an argument on Facebook. <laughs> Are you a Facebook troll? Like do you enjoy uh, yeah, no, no, I'm not overall, but uh, we we're we're controversial. We're weird and like what we do, so it, it's inevitable. I, you know, I try to avoid it. I don't want to fight. But I mean, there's some people that if people you. like we get people that just come onto our page and are like, y'all go to fucking hell. You fucking fuck you. And it's just like, I hope your business fails and all this shit. And it's like, all right, man, uh, I'm going to fuck you up real quick. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Something from your childhood that has contributed to your success. My brother. I was a fuck up my entire life. Like I was in bands. I lived in a van. My mom could never find me. So she made me like, she bought me my first cell phone, like in 2014 or 15. Cause nobody knew where I was half the time. And like my brother graduated high school, went straight into college, got married and like did everything right. Like, you know, that you're you know told that you're supposed to do whatever. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying like he followed the rules and 
he was just, he was a strong, honest, sincere motherfucker. And he, he gave me something to, to look, you know, live towards. Right. Inspiring. My little brother was like a better role model than I was. Um, anything that you're reading, watching or listening to right now that you really like? Uh, season 11 just came out on division two and that's about it because <laughs> I'm an idiot and that game's been awful for so long and I just can't quit. So video games at night, is that your thing? Is that your. Yeah. Sleep? No, we, as soon as the kid goes to sleep, uh, I'll, I'll game for a while with some friends and then, uh, you know, I built the website that we have from the ground up. Like, so it's going in and fixing stuff or doing something on that. Like I'm up until four in the morning, redoing artwork just whatever needs to be done computer wise before the day starts. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get it done as far as reading. Uh, uh, I think I'm Junji Ito. Uh, I like that. I have a whole collection of Junji Ito stories that I'll, I'll pick up and keep next to the bed. What are those? I think I, like, is it what? What's it about? Uh, Junji Ito. It's a horror manga. Like, this Japanese dude that just writes really fucked up shit. <laughs> it's good to read right before bed. Yeah. I'm a, I'm pretty twisted. My brain don't work. No, right. <laughs> Andy. Yeah. So final question. What's for dinner? I live with two vegetarians and I'm not a vegetarian. So the menu is like, Oh God, I hate this game. Every night, man, it's the, what what's for dinner game. So probably a fettuccine because that's uh, easy. Everybody will eat it and you can add a protein or remove it. And it's still delicious with the, do you ever go overboard? Like because they don't eat meat, you're just like, here's a shitload of meat. Like not in front of them. No, no, not so much, but like, uh, yeah, birthdays or something like that. You know, like my dad's going to just throw down with like, yeah, two inch steaks and just, just we're going to grill out all day. Something That's like hard. that. Yeah. Andy, what are you doing? Well, it's, it's early for us, so it's lunchtime. Mm-hmm. So what, what are you getting for lunch? Oh, um, you got a mac and cheese, don't you? Close. No, better. Ta-da. What is that? And a ramen bowl? That. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So my kid found out she likes those. So like that made life so much easier. When your kid figures out like they have a food that they pick that they like, your life gets so much easier. Right, because you could just buy a shitload of it and just leave oh, yeah. it there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my kid's John. really picky. Oh yeah. All kids are No, bad. thank you guys, man. Yeah, no. Thank you guys. Like I've looked up to you guys and this is this is an honor. It was cool. Thanks yeah, for Christina. No. I love uh I love what you guys are doing. And uh, keep it up. Keep fucking poking fun at people. I'm not gonna stop. I, I like seeing them, so it's good. It's good for me too. But yeah. have a good rest of your day, man. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks John. Dude. See you. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Yep.